so excited that you're able to join us. Welcome to Refresco Hour. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I feel honored. Oh my gosh. So tell the audience who you are, what you do. Yeah, so my name is uh, Vanessa Castellanos, and I um, am a PhD student at Fordham University. I just finished my first year, and due to the pandemic, I relocated from the Bronx back to California, which is where I'm originally from. So I'll be able to finish my program remote. Um, so it's a definitely a different experience, but I'm happy to be back. Oh, that's so crazy that COVID had, like, had to do with your transition back to California. Last, yeah. You know, I had intended on being there a few years, given that the programs are lengthy, but I did not know I'd be coming back a year later, right? Due to this huge pandemic. Yeah, and the numbers are rising too, based on what I've been seeing here in Cali. It's been wild. Yeah, they sure are. And it's like, oh my God, I have to go through this again. I just, you know, in with New York uh, being the epic center, I felt like I had already gone through the worst. And I'm like, Jesus, is having to come back and deal with a second pandemic, I feel, in some capacity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so wild because you, you're almost having to in a way, re-traumatize yourself. And we don't, right? want, we don't want that, but it, it's happening. Everybody's experiencing this in one, one way or another. Yeah, and I'm glad you're safe. I'm glad you, your transition back was safe and sound. Um, so tell us a little bit about your move to New York, because you have the opposite end. Most people that I've been interviewing have moved to California as transplants from the east coast anywhere you name it boston new york but you have the opposite story where you're from california but you decided to um transition to to new york for school so can you tell us a little bit about the decision behind that aside from school um what made you want to do that yes so um my story is a little unique in the sense where um so i'm from south central Shout out to South Central. Hey, give it up, give it up. Uh, so <laughs> I moved to New York. So I lived in New York twice. So a few years back after undergrad, I moved to New York. Um, I was in a previous relationship as well as working at a law firm um, in New York City. So that was, that was a great time. It was amazing. And then when I left New York the first time, I knew I'd be back one day. I just knew it. Um, mm. So I came back and um, finished and did school out here. And then when applying to PhD programs, I got into Fordham University in the Bronx. And they gave me full funding. And I was like, I definitely cannot let this opportunity go. Wow, and I that's amazing. Like it all aligned because I knew I wanted to return back to New York. And this time I was doing it in the capacity of like living alone. And it was such a different experience, but it was an amazing one. You know, learning how to be a PhD student and for the first time living by myself in a city that I always wanted to live in. Shout out the Bronx. Hey, boogie down all day. Yes. <laughs> I, I just had um, finished a podcast interview with Danjeli Tambien, who shouted you out too. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Yo, <laughs> how, how the, Danjeli. Yo, yes, we the met maybe about two years ago when she re relocated from the Bronx to LA. So when, um, to South Central specifically, so when we met, it was so natural, you know, we hit it off, 
on site you know it was like oh I'm from the Bronx I'm Dominican and I'm like oh I know I know (laughs) (laughs) and um I knew how challenging it is to move from you know one coast to the other so I definitely you know was there for her during that transition because I knew how hard and challenging that can be so we just hit it off you know she's like oh you know Dykeman and this and I was like yes girl I know (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, that's how kind of we started our friendship with those similarities and having that same shared experience. And that's how, in a way, how we met too. Exactly. <laughs> so like, it's crazy how like the alignment comes through through the the access that we have to to people that you know generate this type of energy. So that's exactly. that's really cool. So with that decision, right? You said that you moved previously to your PhD you were living in New York what was that like like transitioning from the cult, the Cali culture right to to the Bronx yeah so um it was very very challenging um but also very rewarding you know hmm. so when I first moved I was a lot younger and um so I think that I was you know barely getting to know life experiences and things like that but the culture is completely different. It's like day and night. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, here, it's a um, it's a city, but it's a lot slower pace. Whereas New York City, it's like in your face. Like, it's go, go, go all day, you know? You have to, you know, you quickly adapt. The pace is so fast. You know, you got to be a little aggressive and in getting into the train, getting out. Just you, you, I feel like I gained so much um, independence out there because mm. of the lifestyle. And I realized how much in LA we take for granted you know some some of the basic essentials like going to the grocery store you know in, the, in New York you take your little carrito to the to the supermarket right yeah 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 <laughs> and and here it's like you drive everywhere right so um i had you know adjusting to like walking more and like um just overall the public transportation and just like the fast paced of it mm. and i think another layer to it was the you know the demographics are very different you know because in the and i was primarily in the bronx most of the time that i've lived there i've always lived in the bronx and um culturally it was very different you know the accents and um some some of the verbiage that's used it's very different between the west coast and the east coast so i learned i learned right away i think i quickly um, just immerse myself in the the Bronx culture. I would definitely not New York, but the Bronx culture because I really that's kind of where I spend more time. I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so cool. So, you know, from the food to like everything. Oh, absolutely, was different. absolutely, and and it's it caused to say the same. You know, when we move out here, we're like, whoa, like everything is like chill bro watch the waves like take it easy <laughs> yeah and then new york is like boom boom bam we're on a clock like let's go um yeah. so i totally get that I totally it is get completely that. different and i think um it's sometimes hard to explain to others you know until you kind of lived it you'll understand it a little bit did you come with family the first time or did you come with someone or alone like what was the, i guess the support group that you had behind you so when I moved to New York originally, I was in a previous relationship. So I had definitely that support. So I definitely won't compare it to someone who just went on a whim on their own, you know, so it was different because mm-hmm. I got to experience that with my ex-partner, you know, so that I think was a little bit different compared to maybe someone fully on their own. Right. Mm-hmm. But I also had the support of my sorority 
in the East Coast, which was really nice because they became like a home away from home for me. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that helped me kind of like get to know other people as well. And, you know, through through my job and little by little, I think I started creating a community there of my own. Oh, that's amazing. So that when I returned back the second time, the transition wasn't as or difficult in some capacity because I already knew a lot of people. I had already built like a community. And again, yeah, yeah. also thanks to D'Angeli who had connected me to some of her friends and who were able to get me a job and create community again. So it was beautiful, like rekindling with old friends, but also meeting new friends as well. Oh, that's so cool. We all kind of are connected in some way. Yeah, yeah. I agree, I agree. And then this time around too, like just watching your stories were so inspirational. I had to give give you a shout out on that because like you really like tailored your apartment like this time around and like made it yours. So what what were the pieces of comfort that you were able to implement into into your new environment, into your apartment and and pursuing this first year as a PhD student? So I definitely knew, besides that my school being in the Bronx, I knew I wanted to be back in the Bronx because that's where I felt most at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of love for the Bronx. I think that a lot of people are like always like, why the Bronx? You know, you hear there's so much stigma towards the Negative Bronx. Negative stigma, feel, yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's equal stigma to South Central. So I'm very used to that, right? But I was like, there's nowhere else I'd rather be than the Bronx, you know? I felt like I already knew how to navigate it a bit. So there was no question about which borough I was going to be in. And in regards to my space, I really wanted to create, because the lifestyle can be so fast, I wanted to create a sacred place for myself. You know, living on my own, it being my first time, I wanted everything to go to be perfect, as close to perfect or not perfect (laughs) to me, right? Whatever kind of my needs, some place where I can, you know, kind of come home after like a long day and just feel at peace feel at home so I incorporated a lot of LA I would say into my apartment like when I was in my apartment I felt I was in LA you know from like some cultural things and like um it's like I kind of went for like a Mexican modern the uh look and, and I just felt like you beautiful, know, incorporating beautiful. LA into my space would help me during those challenging days when I missed home so I think that that was kind of my goal. I'm telling you guys, her her essence and the spirit that she put into into her space, like when she would take pictures, like I was just like, this is amazing. Like you really dedicated the time to, to making sure that your culture wasn't lost, but at the same time, allowing for a present space to hold that hold that room for you and and for the discomfort that comes with like the unknown, like what's gonna happen or you know, will I be able to visit as often as I want to back home, whatever the case may be. Did you get to visit um, last year? It was last year, right? Yes. Did you get to visit back home as often as you thought you would? Or what were your thoughts around that? Yeah, I actually got to visit quite often. Um, I was coming, I came like maybe three times, you know, during like October and then the holidays. I was here for both holidays. Thankfully, my parents have always been very supportive and my family, they helped me um, make the trip back for the holidays because, you know, things, the flights can be rather expensive. So um, I had a lot of family support and wanted me to come home <clears throat> during the holidays. Mm-hmm. So I'm very grateful for that, that I had that because it's hard. Um, 
not being able to go home because the first time because of work and other reasons like I wasn't coming home as often and having yeah. not been home in six eight months can take a toll at some point especially with the change in in weather the Imagine the yeah <laughs> I think that's something we don't really think about and you know the the winters in New York you can Oof. fall into a little bit of a you know the, not the, not yeah depression in some capacity but you know the lack of sunlight right it yeah kind of impacts your mood at times mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree because I know for for a fact that the winter was something that I didn't miss like when I got here <laughs> yeah a lot of people a lot of folks say that <laughs> pero a la misma vez like I, at the same time like I know for a fact that when I got home during the winter months like I did like the the scenery like not the shoveling of the snow per se but, <laughs> but actually like just letting it sit and and be around us the snow the rain and the fresh air that comes from those natural seasons that I haven't really seen I've seen you know sun rain maybe some snow in like San Fran San Francisco so like that's like the closest thing I've gotten to like seeing snow like actually falling from the sky <laughs> but yeah out here the weather is very different we don't get too much cold weather yeah um, yeah so i think i think that's actually a nice you know in, in the east coast obviously when you live there you know it's brick you know what I'm saying? yeah you out <laughs> you're like all right maybe i should go back inside but when but i think one of the, the good things is the change in um seasons you get the mm-hmm. fall it's so beautiful like to see the change you actually experience different seasons on the east coast and that's definitely a, a really nice experience i agree i agree so in building your community right and having your space decorated what were what were some things that were challenging for you So, um what was challenging for me was definitely my PhD program. It um although I had, you know, I had just received like my master's degree and, and um I've been in school before, this this experience with the PhD program has been very different. And mm. I say that because, you know, the skill set in a PhD program are different. And then also the energy and the time that you put into this program. You know, I've always was told, Oof, you know, know, you have to be really committed in a PhD program. And this is, you're in it for the long run. And it truly is not just like you have classes and then you're done. No, it's like, this is a, it's like a lifestyle, you know, on top of yeah. your courses, you have other like hidden requirements to make you a well-rounded candidate when you graduate such as publishing articles and teaching gigs and so there's a lot that goes into this career mm. and obviously um as someone who's first generation all of this was very new to me although i had been in school for a while you know it was yeah, still new yeah. so i would say my experience with just learning how to be a phd student was um was the challenge for me and i think that now i have a better grip of an understanding of what that means and I'm, I wouldn't change it you know I wouldn't have it any other way I love being immersed in, in academia and kind of like you know I use my platform for being first gen and kind of sharing resources and I, I love that I'm very passionate about sharing that with my community and and like and things like that but the process has definitely not been easy um mm. It's been challenging, but again, very rewarding at the same time. And I think it's just, you know, the adjustment. Um, so I'm glad that 
the transition to back to the Bronx wasn't as that wasn't as hard as the first time, you know, because I had already knew like the cultural differences and like the mm-hmm. area a little bit. But um, it was definitely my school that was um, a challenge. Okay. My program. Yeah, yeah. Take it from someone who who's gone through the master's program. So I commend you for for pursuing it uh, right after and just going going for something that you're passionate about. I mean, again, like. I'm I'm going to reiterate people like the audience that's listening please make sure <laughs> to follow her once we once we do the the shameless plug towards the end of this podcast. Um so you did mention that you do social work um in your PhD. Was there any um specifications that you're learning um for the audience to know that you take interest in? Yes, so um I I'm very um passionate about first gen students because I think that our experience is very unique and it's very different. There's not a blueprint that exists. I feel like we create that blueprint for our community. Mm-hmm. So I think that um that <clears throat> that topic is something I'm very passionate about. So first gen students, so I knew that I wanted to incorporate that into my um dissertation at, at one point, right? Mhm. So mm-hmm. I'm in social work and but you have to you know have some type of specialization so i'm hoping to write my dissertation on on um microaggressions and how those are how they push out first gen students because oh my gosh research yeah. really shows you know i'm sure there's been some some um research floating around recently on social media that shows that um the latinx population is one of the highest applying in um in at university at the university level and while that's great we are um because we're one of the fastest growing populations but we are we still have the highest dropout rate in in mm-hmm. undergrad institutions mm-hmm. so there's something happening in undergrad that is causing these um these I would call it more of a push out and that's kind of what I want my research to consist of kind of looking specifically at microaggressions and how they occur at in academic institutions and how can we make more equitable spaces especially in academia. Oh, that's awesome. For people of color and um non-traditional students, you know. Yeah. So that's absolutely. kind of what my focus in. I'm really excited, very passionate to kind of um just dig deeper and learn more about it. Yeah. And and, and kind of like putting it out there for the community um to learn as well. Also, if you, I don't know if you know this too, it's a very common statistic, but in terms of females and earning their PhD, uh female Latinx students finishing their PhD is a very low percentage like yeah. compared to, you know, other programs that are like bachelor and masters. So, it's really cool to get that perspective from you and earning that knowledge and the fact that you're focusing so so greatly on your passion behind the PhD I think people will understand and know the difference and recognize like this is something that needs to change definitely because one thing for me you know when I think back to my um undergrad and grad school experience I don't usually remember my professors that weren't of color because they were maybe as impactful and I'm like the professors that I think of are those that were of color because they impacted, you know, my 
my life in, in a way you know they kind of pushed me they motivated me and like I think sometimes mm-hmm. when you're when you're in those roles you take on mentorship you take on you don't realize how much your presence in that space mm-hmm. really, really motivates the next person coming up in the future generation so I knew that I always wanted to make an impact onto other students as well so that's kind of what motivated me and um and and had me interested in going into that field yeah yeah because of the low numbers you know um right, right. can be pretty pretty wide you know let's be transparent yeah um, it, it really is you know when you look at the numbers you're looking at again like 80 80 to 85 90 percent white right so in, mm-hmm. in, in 10-year track positions you know teaching at the university level absolutely yeah the phd but one of the most common is being a professor yeah yeah, yeah. I think that's a fun part too, because like you get to sort of establish your your type of curriculum and what you would want to teach. Too. Exactly. I think that's the beauty of it, right? As long as you obviously follow the instructions on what it is that you have to hit, but the way in which your style, right? You add that yeah. to it. You make it unique, you make it yours. And I think that that's what makes it special. I'm excited for you to add the sasson to. Yeah. You know. <laughs> not, not Goya, though. Not Goya. Not Goya. Please, please. Oh my God. Let's talk about it. <laughs> because, man, like, I was walking, you know, into Vallalta, like, doing my shopping, and I, I look at this whole aisle with Goya, and I'm like, <laughs> Yo, right? Like, so upsetting. Um, but for those of you that don't know, like, the what was it the ceo founder of goya um decided to definitely expose his political side and his i guess um mutual agreement with trump and whatever it is that his agenda is and it ignited this whole thing (laughs) everybody's boycotting goya I no longer like, you know, whatever I have left, I'm using because donating it is just expanding the brand. Yeah. I'm not, not going to do that. And I'm not going to throw it in the trash environmentally. It's just no. <laughs> no yeah, I get you. Yeah. You know, I had um, in, in talking about my apartment, you know, I know you mentioned that and, and it's, it's in the, my social media as well. When And they'll see when they see the photos of the apartment, the famous apartment in New York. Right. <laughs> so um, I had my plants. I love, you know, my plants, my plantitas. They just really add this energy. Right. So I had them in different little cans. And I remember you you um, commented on those. Yes. So I had the Goya cans, like the plants in the Goya cans. So I had to kind of like, you know, take those plants out and repot them because I was like, no, no Goya anymore. I know. Oh, yeah. Tenemos que mirar another another format i guess right <laughs> i want to thank you for sharing your story so let's start with what you're grateful for in the process of you you know going back to new york as a full-time phd student you know i'm very grateful just to be to have the opportunity to relocate you know many just can't just pick up and leave and i think that i'm very grateful that i have that support system with my community in New York, as well as my family, first and foremost, that anytime I leave, I know I can always come back and have their support. So I mm. think that because of that, I've been able to make the move twice, you know, because I know I always have their support if, if I were to need it. Um, because moves can be very challenging, especially from East to West. They're beautiful, though. Don't, 
Don't right. Wrong, <laughs> if you ever want to do it, do it. You grow so much from it. But um, but they're you know they come with their challenges and and you have that adjustment period. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say I'm grateful for having that support to come back and forth. Nice. And then what are some things that you recommend and also lessons learned in your process to moving to New York? So I definitely recommend to just do it. You know, it takes um, a lot of courage and you just sometimes I think we talk ourselves out of these experience. I feel like if you're able to and you have the capacity to and you've ever wondered about what's it like to live somewhere else. I would definitely say just just do it. You know, you can figure it out. It will all work out. I think when we overthink everything, um, because you always have to adjust. Things don't mm-hmm. always go as mm-hmm. planned. So I would just say to take that leap of faith. I would definitely advise that when moving because of the growth that you experience. Any lessons learned? Lessons learned. I think uh, lessons learned would be to like challenge myself, like put myself in different circles. And like, that's really how I got to meet people. I think at first, you know, you're so used to being in your comfort and in your bubble. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I learned over time that I met the most people when I put myself out of my comfort zone. Mm. You know, because it is different. It is very different. But I think not comparing what you had to what the new experience is like key. You know, because it's never going to be the same. So I Absolutely. think for, it for what it is, I think that is one one of the biggest lessons I learned. And kind of just being in the present and, and enjoying that present moment. Yes, all about present moments. Yes. Oof, my goodness. But yeah, I want to do like a little raising of the glass, a little clink, clink, clink. Cheers. Yes. <laughs> I'm still waiting on the sponsorship. I, I reached out to um, to Country Club. Oh yes, <laughs> so I'm the Merengue one. That's my favorite. Listen, I'm trying to get all of the flavors <laughs> <laughs> so that this podcast continues. Because honestly, it's been it's been very educational for me. Very emotional to to really sit with these experiences because they're all relatively the same in in the sense of wanting something different and getting out of your comfort zone like you said but at the same time it's like we we all are striving for different things too um so where can people follow you what is the plug and what are some some upcoming things that you would like to share um, with the audience Yes, so um, you can follow me on Instagram, and it's um, S-U-N-N-I-E-E-A-C-A-D-E-M-I-C-A. So it's Sunny Academica. And um, some projects that I'm working on is, um, so I started um, venturing out and doing like gigs for universities. Nice. So um, I'll have my first one coming up this next week. So with that, um, it's kind of expanding my brand. So with that, I'm going to launch a new Instagram as well as a website, which is going to be a little bit more tailored to my brand of first gen, um, you know, my first gen frameworks that I've been kind of like mentioning a little bit on, on the mm-hmm. ground, but I'm going to fully just immerse myself in that. So it'll be cool to have like a different page that's just solely focused on first gen resources and more of that. 
as well as like the workshops and sharing that experience with others and hoping to really motivate and impact others' lives. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing! Yeah, do we know how? Do we know how soon? Like how soon it's coming? Or like, so um, <laughs> if all goes well, next week because I have wow. Yeah, I have my first gig on on Wednesday with um, Florida Atlantic University, and mm-hmm. um, so I'll be posting a flyer about that. Um, it'll be like an Instagram live where um, we're gonna talk about my experience and some questions that that undergrad students may have in regards to navigating um, navigating academia while being first generation. That's yes. literally what the topic's going to be. So if you're interested, I'll definitely be posting it on my personal Instagram. And and also I'll be posting um, the new Instagram for those who are interested more on that topic who can follow me there Absolutely. as well. I'm sending nothing but good energy to you continuously. You know, I have nothing but love for you. Like... It's crazy. I'm, I'm so happy and excited for your progress. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it for making this space and having me here to join you. Um, thank you again for, for the experience. All right, y'all. This is Refresco Hour with your girl, V. Annie, signing out. Peace. Bye, guys. Bye.